Today I want to talk to you about blessing and cursing. I'm going to take about a four-week break from Genesis. I feel like God just needs us to talk about the blessings of God, the favor of God, what's happening in our world, what's happening in the economy, and how you beat the economy by the kingdom of God. We are to lay hold of the blessings of God for ourselves, for our children, and for our nation. You may not know how important those words are until you look around and see what's happening in our world today. It is a world that has literally gone crazy, hasn't it? I mean, you don't have to even be wide open to looking around to see what's happening. It's almost like the floodgates of evil were opened up and everything that we thought was normal became somehow subnormal, abnormal. But I want you to know the power of a blessing that comes from God is more powerful than any curse of man or devil. So if you're living under any kind of cloud of doubt, difficulty, or challenge, I want you to come out from underneath that, and I want you to see what God can do in your life today. You see, God can do greater things in you and through you than all the world can throw against you. God alone is a source of all blessings. It's not your employer, it's not your nation, it's God and God alone. And the more you lean into God, the more you're gonna realize the truth of that. You see, sometimes God brings you to the end of you so you find him. When you're self-sufficient, when you think all is well, all of a sudden God will just kind of bring you to reality and say, did you forget about me? I'm here. You thought he was just okay with letting you do your thing. No, God wants you to come under his authority so that you get his power and his wisdom at the same time. You see, blessings are from the invisible realm. They are vehicles of the supernatural power of God. They extend to families, to communities, to nations. That song we just sang was right from Scripture. It's the promise of God that he will bring favor and goodness to a thousand generations of those who love him. But to those who hate him, it says that he will bring curses to the sixth generation. Now think about that. God is going to bless thousands of generations, and some of you have come out of difficult and ungodly generations and, and families, and yet God has rescued you, and God has set you and your family on a new course. And it's your responsibility to make sure the next generation stays on course as well. And the way you do that is by your life. You see, they continue from generation to generation until someone cancels its effects. Some of you are living on the blessings of third and fourth generations back. It may not have been that your parents were godly, but your grandparents or your great-grandparents were godly, and what you don't know, you think it's about you and your wisdom and your skill and your knowledge and your cunning and, and all those other things, and really it is the blessing of a former generation who prayed for you, who interceded for you, who stood in the gap against evil for you. And the question is, will you do that for future generations? 
You see, the battle of good and evil will be with us until the return of Christ. Until that time, we must battle spiritual forces in wickedness. We are called to engage culture, not withdraw, not adapt, not go with the flow, and not buckle under pressure. I see Christians all across this nation buckling under pressure, trying to get along with the enemy, trying to appease the enemy with the right words and not posting something on social and not saying anything and not doing anything, and the end result is our children become victims on the altar of ungodliness. You see, this is not the first time, nor will it be the last time, that we have to rise up against evil in our land. The evil of the unseen world manifests itself in the physical realm. We are reminded the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Are we unaware of his strategy? He's come to steal from us joy, power, heritage, all of these things, to kill our joy, to kill our future hope, and to destroy us in the meantime. But we're to be alert and sober-minded because our enemy prowls around, the Bible says, like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But we're not intimidated by evil. The Bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Did you hear that? That means when someone condemns you as a believer, the Bible says you come back and you condemn it in judgment. You don't receive those words into your life. You don't receive that judgment against you. You stand against that judgment. Now, right now, there is an enemy in the land that's clearly identified among many, and it's called Target. Now, Target hired a Satanist to design clothing that was not only for Pride Month, by the way, we get one day for Memorial Day to honor those who died for our country, and we get a month for Pride Month. Something wrong with that pattern. And designed for transsexual, and to put into those things demonic elements, and they thought no one would notice. They put it right at the front door so every child could see it when they walked in. That's why we're calling on you to protest and boycott against Target. Now, they've already lost $10 billion, and they decided to pivot a little bit and move it back 20 feet. I want you all to be police agents. If someone says, oh, I got this at Target, you just remind them we're boycotting Target for at least the next 30 days, amen? All of you can do without Target for 30 days, trust me. Now, let me show you... uh, the latest rap song, I'm just going to show you a little bit of it, that went viral on Target. So look to the screens. Yeah, yeah. Tentinal shoppers, tentinal yeah. shoppers. Yeah. Yeah, they target and target, target, yeah, they target and target, target, yeah, they target. You know, the targets, they're wrong. Trying to play with these kids. It's the 
panties with scars. Why they pushing the gender, promoting sexual genders? I'm only rocking with bruise, don't rock with no Caitlyn Jenner. You think that gay shit gon' get you paid? Yeah, we gon' see. It's my Lago 20, 24, we true. So that got about 1.5 million views in a couple hours on Twitter. You know, we may not be able to intimidate politicians in Sacramento, but if you take the money away from big business, you kind of get their attention. Demonic forces thought they could win the war. But all they did was awaken a giant. You see, when they go after our children, they provoke the mama bears into action. When they disregard truth and decency, when they openly hate God and promote evil, when they try to intimidate us, that's when we find that we are more than conquerors. We will not be stopped by tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or peril or sword. We are more than conquerors, the Bible says, through him who loves us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come will be able to overcome the church of the living God. We will not be stopped by big government, big tech. We will not be stopped by politicians or big tech. We will not uh, be stopped by stores like Target, Target, who target our children. They have lost $10 billion since they began this evil marketing scheme. Let's continue the boycott till they lose another $10 billion. The evil has brought a curse on the land. It is our job to lift the curse and restore righteousness back to the land. We are to bind the evil forces and lift up the name of Jesus. We declare blessings over our family, over our community, over our church, over our nation in Jesus' name. Amen. Two weeks ago, we were down in Miami and I was uh, speaking at the Reawaken conference. I was the last one on the ticket, which means good chance that most people are going to leave. Fortunately, there was a good headliner after I spoke, uh, Donald Trump. So they stayed not for me, for him, all truth be told. But let me tell you the story. I got up and I was preaching, and I got about 15 minutes into it. There's about 3,500 people in the crowd and a million people streaming. And as I said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Every light went out. All the power went out. That means no light, no video, no sound, nothing. And all of a sudden, the crowd started to cheer, to do a Jesus cheer. It was pretty obvious something was going on in there. General Flynn came out, and he quieted the crowd down to see if maybe I could be heard without a microphone. And then some genius came walking down the aisle with a battery-operated bullhorn. And for the next 15 minutes, I preached old school out of a bullhorn to 3,500 people. Right when I said, God will restore all things, the sound, lights, and video all came back on. And I started to give the invitation for people to receive Christ. And I said, I had them pray the prayer of of salvation, and I said, raise your hands if you've received Christ for the first time. And so many hands went up, I thought they must have misunderstood me. And I said, listen, 
If you have received Christ for the first time, I want you to stand up, and we had over 1,500 people receive Christ that morning. You see, the truth is the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Just because it looks like you're losing, it doesn't mean you're losing. You see, I read the last chapter. I know how it ends, amen? It ends with the humiliation and the disgrace of Satan and every demonic spirit and every evil person being brought into the judgment seat before God and at the great white throne judgment. But I'll tell you what we're gonna do today. We're gonna choose to be blessed. Can you say that with me? Choose to be blessed. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse two. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Now I want you just to, to listen to what the words say. They're gonna come upon you they're gonna get in front of you, they're gonna overtake you. You're gonna walk into them. Not only are they gonna be on you, they're gonna be in front of you. So as you live out your life, they're on you, they're in front of you, because why? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. You see, this is a conditional promise. The promise is God says, I will bless you, on you and in front of you, if, there's a condition, you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now think of that. God says, I'm gonna give you a choice. Do you wanna go life, blessing? Do you wanna go death and cursing? A lot of people say, I don't know how this happened. I just, just seemed so sudden that my life fell apart. It wasn't sudden. You've been working on it for years. You see, day by day, when we step apart from God and away from God, we don't realize the effect because we're still living on this sense of, of entitlement or blessings of the past. What God wants us to do is understand that the manna that comes from God has to be a daily supply. What are you doing today in my life, God? How are you gonna bless me today? How much should I walk with you today, God? Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Did you notice that? When you choose life, your descendants live. When you choose blessings, your descendants are blessed. I don't know about you, but this is the greatest, greatest inheritance program I've ever seen. You might set aside money, you might leave something in, to your family and your will. My theory is die broke, spend it all before they get it. Some of you are working on that plan right now, amen. <laughs> but you see, if you start thinking about my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, you'll never meet. How do I bless them? You bless them with your prayers, with your life, with your dedication to God by obeying the voice of your God. You say, well, I, I think I've already messed up. Join the family called human race. Every day is a new day with God. Every time you sin, you confess your sin, you move forward, you don't look back. God, the Bible says that God cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Think of that truth. James says this in 117, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. You look at something good and you go, that's from above. And comes down from the Father of lights, not darkness, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Can you imagine being in a light so brilliant that there's no shadow on every, any angle? God says, that's my light that I bring into your life. 
Jesus said, I am the true light that comes into the world that enlightens every man. Every man has to choose. Will I choose God or will I reject God? Let's look at the storehouse. Deuteronomy 28, and verses 8 and 9. The Lord will command the blessing on you in the storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. You see, God established storehouses in the Old Testament called the temple. That storehouse in the New Testament is called the New Testament church. God says, I'm going to bless the temple, I'm going to bless the church, and I'm going to bless you. How many of you rather have a blessing than a curse? I don't know about you, but I'll, you know, policemen ever pull you over? Do you want mercy or justice in that moment? I want mercy. I'll even bring a tear to my eye. I don't know what I was doing. I'm sorry, officer. Well, you should have known better. I was coming back from college one time, and I was in a, I had a Ford pickup truck, and I was going too fast. I don't know if that's ever happened to any of you. But I was going too fast, but I'm going from Missouri to Colorado. And if you've ever been in Kansas, it's prettier at night. All right? And I was going a little fast, and he pulled me over, and he said, uh, he said, son, do you know how fast you're going? And I said, uh, I thought, man, i got to get out of this thing. This is not going to look good. And I said, yeah, I think I was going a little over the speed limit. He said, son, you were going 12 miles over the speed limit. I said, that's not good, is it? He said, no, sir, that's not good. I said, uh, well, you know, I'm, a, I'm a going to school. I'm going to be a pastor, and, and I thought I could pull the pastor card. <laughs> going to be a pastor, and, you know, I'm just so anxious to see my mom and dad. And he looked at me, and I paused, and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of this ticket. And he said, uh, you know, you keep driving like that, you'll never see your parents. Well, that's not good. He said, and you, of all people, should know better. I said, could I please have the ticket? Would you just add a couple extra miles on it? Just I wanted mercy. I got justice. God wants to give us mercy, amen? I mean, isn't that what the cross of Jesus Christ is all about, the mercy of God, the love of God? That we don't get what we deserve, but we get what he blesses us with. God says he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people unto himself. Remember, righteousness comes from God by your salvation, but holiness comes by your daily conduct. That's why you have to look daily. What am I doing today? How am I living my life today unto the Lord? And he said he will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he had sworn to you, if, here it is again, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Do you see what God is saying? He says, every promise I give to you is a conditional promise. Even salvation is a conditional promise. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then here comes the promise. You will be saved. See that condition? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's a condition. And all these things will be added unto you. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. What do you do? Delight in the Lord first. You see, every promise of God is conditional. The covenant of God is that God makes the terms, God makes the covenant, and then he offers it to us. What will you do with it? Will you receive it? Will you accept the terms of the covenant? It's not a contract. It's not like two parties who who both have something to give in this thing. We have nothing to give. God has everything. He said, the only thing I ask of you is that you love me and you obey me. That's the only thing I ask of you. 
Look at Malachi chapter three, verses eight through 10, about the storehouse. Will a man rob God? Can you imagine this scene? Every time I read this scripture, I always have this picture of that, you know, the little, uh, the little uh, bandit kind of things with the eyes, the little black mask, and, you know, you're gonna stick up, you know, stick them up, I'm robbing you. And I think, can you imagine trying to rob God? And yet this is what Malachi says. And yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what ways have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Do you realize the tithe belongs to God? It's not yours to keep. It's his. That's why it says, bring my tithe into my house. The offering is anything over 10%. That you have discretion over. The tithe you don't. He said, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. You know, a lot of people don't understand why they have some struggles in their life or why things go wrong. And I always say the first thing I always do is go back and look how you're living your life and how you're spending your money. There will always be indications there that can point you back into the direction of God. He says, bring all the tithe, that is 10%, into the storehouse. A lot of people say, I tithe, and they give 2%. That's not a tithe. Not even a partial tithe. That's just some money. God promises this. He says, into where the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me in this, says the Lord of hosts. Do you realize this is the only time in Scripture God says, put me to the test? Put me to the test and see if I won't do what I say I'll do, says the Lord. If I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. You know, we've been Christians a long time, my wife and I, and we've pastored a long time. And I will tell you this, that I have always seen the faithfulness of God through my tithing. Well, what we give, it's always God's faithful. Now, I can tell you there have been a lot of times in my life when I was writing a check, and I said, wow, I could sure use this in some other places. And I had to choose to do something. I have to choose to lean into God or lean into my wisdom. Every time I lean into my wisdom, it doesn't work very well. Every time I lean into his wisdom, I go like, I don't know how this is gonna work out, but it does. See, I'm a, I'm a satisfied customer of God, right? I don't have a complaint form to fill out for God. I'm satisfied. Now, I would like to have him speed up a little bit sometimes the recovery moments and the response time, you ever had that happen where you prayed and you, you knew God was going to come through, but he waited to the last moment? I don't know why he likes that. But he does. It's kind of like a father when the son-in-law asks for the hand in marriage. You don't want to respond too soon, even though you know you're going to say yes. There's something about making them sweat that's thoroughly enjoyable. Right, Brandon? You see, there's the right place, that's a storehouse. There's the right motive to love God. And there's the right attitude, and that's faith. I'm giving this in faith, God. I want to see you do something. Now, here's a truth. I want you to really get this. This is an important truth. When you confirm God's declaration over you, it becomes a decree. Now, this is a really strong statement. It's a really powerful. These are in the notes. By the way, all the sermon notes are in the app they're there before we preach on Sunday, so you can go there and access them. So this is in your notes. When you confirm God's declaration over you, it becomes a decree. Now look what Job says about a decree. 
You will declare a thing and it will be established for you. See, when you make a declaration, God is gonna do this, then God is going to do that. That's what God's gonna do. God, I I don't know how you're gonna do this. I don't know what you're gonna do. I don't know how you're gonna put all these pieces together. I don't know how you're gonna make this work, but I believe your promises. That's faith. Faith does not operate like this. Well, I'm not sure how this is gonna work, so I'm just not gonna even try it. Every time I pray and believe, I see God work. I just do. Sometimes it's exactly the way I prayed. Sometimes it's a variance of the way it worked, but the end result is always the same. Now, I'm gonna show you this. Heaven, not earth, hold the blessings. Look what it says in Deuteronomy again. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens. You see that? It's not earth, it's heaven. To give you rain in the land in the season and to bless all the work of your hand. Who blesses the work of your hand? What does it mean to have your work blessed? It means you're more productive. It means you have less fatigue. It means you have more joy, more power, more authority, more wisdom. All of those things come from God. From God. You shall lend to many nations. America should have read this. But you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Now, I don't know if you know there's a difference between being the head or the tail, but the head makes the decisions and the tail follows. See, the tail doesn't make any decisions. I just have to go along. And so many people just go along with what's happening in the world. They say, I'm just going to go along with it. You know, I'm sure somebody smarter than me will figure it out. Well, clearly, that, those smart people haven't been showing up in our nation. Amen? All right. Look what he says. And you shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord. Do you see this theme that keeps running in this? It's all about listening to God, obeying God, following God's way. God says, I command you today and are not careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of these words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods. You know what happens when you reject the word of God? You go into idolatry and you serve other gods. It's not just that you ignored the word, it's just that you went after other gods. So I wanna give you some steps here to reject a curse and receive a blessing. Are you ready for them? Are you ready for them? All right, nine of you are ready. Let's start it again. All right, are you ready to receive a blessing and reject a curse? All right, number one, confess your faith in Christ if you haven't done so already. Number two, repent of all known sin. Anything that's in your life right now, the Holy Spirit brings your mind to say, God, I'd like to repent of that. I'd like to ask forgiveness of that. I'd like to move forward apart from that. Number three, claim forgiveness of all sins. When you ask, believe that God has forgiven you of everything. This is a new day. Don't look back, say, well, I really blew it yesterday. Okay, well, what are you gonna do with today? You can't change yesterday, but you can live in today and change today. Forgive all people who have hurt you or wronged you. I can't begin to tell you how important this is. When you feel, when you carry an offense, you can't, you can't carry the blessings of God. You're always looking for who's to blame or who you're mad at or who you're offended at instead of just saying, God, you know what? You forgave me of everything. Think of this. Is the Bible says, if you cannot forgive men their trespasses against you, then neither can my Father can forgive you your trespasses against him. If that doesn't get our attention, I don't know what does, amen? Next, 
Renounce all contact with anything evil or satanic. You say, well, I'm not doing any of that. Well, be careful before you say that. Anything you give your alliance to is is contrary to God. A lot of people, they have struggles. They don't even know why they have struggles. They have fear. They don't know why they have fear. And yet they spent a lot of their childhood or teenage years watching horror movies and can't figure out why they have fear. They played with tarot cards. They played with Ouija boards. And they can't figure out why they have fear, why they're struggling. Right now, you just have to think through your mind. Anything like that in my life, I just want to reject it right now in Jesus' name. I'm just going to reject it. I'm not going to, I I want forgiveness over it. I want cleansing from it. I don't want to be a part of that. I want that part of my mind, my will, my emotions. I don't want it anywhere around me. And then next, ask God to bring his blessings on you. You realize that's all you have to do. God, would you bring blessings on me instead of curses? God, would you let me walk in your truth and your power and your authority? I want to be blessed. I want to live in that blessing. Amen? Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand with me right now. I wrote this prophetic blessing, and I love doing these. I think they're powerful. I've had people say that this actually turned around a generation in my family when one of these prophetic blessings was prayed. So I'm going to ask you, uh, if you'd like to have this blessing, just to come forward. Just come forward. We're going to gather here at the front, and we're going to repeat this. It's going to be on the screen, so you can repeat it where you stand or where you sit. But come in close, because a lot of people are going to want to be here. Just give another minute. Hi, Sarah. Welcome back. All right. Repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, I declare the blessings of a thousand generations over me, my family, my church, and my nation. The curse is broken, and the favor is coming like a flood. My life will be marked by good decisions and obedience to the Word of God. I will destroy the works of the enemy that future generations may prosper and usher in the kingdom of God. The ground upon which I stand is holy ground. I will not curse the ground that I walk on by fear, neglect, negative words, or disobedience. I speak life and I receive life that I might experience his favor. Today, I turn aside and see the Lord and listen to his voice. The enemy will not steal my destiny. You know, God is a great God. Amen. Can you say God is a great God?